Thank you all for tuning into the Birds and Braves podcast. Today I'm here with Mr. Alan Carpenter, the co-editor of TomahawkTake.com and a lifelong Braves fan. Mr. Carpenter, thank you for joining me on the show today. I appreciate the invitation. Thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. My first question for you, which Braves player has been the biggest surprise to you so far this year? Well, this is a, an interesting question, but uh, it, it may depend on how you think of surprises. You could say that Ozzie Albee started off the season on fire, and he might have been a surprise. You could say that uh, Ronald Acuna's hot streak is, is certainly surprising because it's really unprecedented. But in, in my mind, the biggest uh, surprise player for the Braves this year has got to be Nick Barkakis. And the reason for that is he's essentially done what I've hardly seen anybody do uh, before in, in all of my watching of baseball. He's turned back the clock about 10 years. Here's a guy in his mid-30s uh, who is – playing like he's played in 2008. He's got no other uh, 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 games on, in his career or no other seasons in his career that uh, match anything he's done since a decade ago. And the fact that he's been able to do this and do it consistently and do it at a high level and essentially carry this team along with Freddie Freeman for a large part of the season is very surprising. And, and, and it's not just his bat. Uh, it, it, he's also done it defensively. Uh, the Braves, I know, have uh, uh, made a couple of suggestions to him in terms of defensive positioning, and whether that's the secret or if it's that and a sort of feeling like he's fully healthy or, or something like that, I don't know. But uh, certainly uh, on both sides of the ball, Nick Markakis has uh, been a uh, renaissance man this year. I, I don't know who the candidates for comeback player of the year might be, but uh, he certainly would qualify in my book, and, and uh, certainly qualifies as my, my surprise for this uh, season. And with Marcakis, with him turning it back, how much do you think he has left? Do you think the Braves should extend him or re-sign him? What are your thoughts there in the future? Another good, interesting question, and the, the, the problem that the Braves are going to run into, and this may be part of the reason why they got out of the ball at the trade deadline, is the fact that there aren't a lot of uh, outfielders really truly available uh, in the free agent market. Not that any that they uh, like to say are, are certainly better than what Nick Marquez has been doing. The, um, the fact is, if you don't go for Bryce Harper, who are you going to go for? So it may be that uh, with other priorities going on, the easy out, I suppose, for the Braves would be to try and bring him back on a, maybe a one- or two-year deal and, and see uh, how it rides there. Certainly, he's got clubhouse leadership skills. Certainly, he's uh, got uh, you know this season that uh, you'd like to see another year out of. Uh, I, I would like to see if they may just go with uh, the idea of bringing him back another year. Uh, they're, they're sort of uh, doing a Baltimore Orioles staff kind of thing going here uh, between all the Orioles that they picked up at the uh, trade deadline and Marcakis and, and such. And so it, it, it kind of seems like a fit. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's certainly a realistic possibility that the Braves might go there uh, to, to bring it back in, in 2019. I know that as we speak, the Braves lead the division, but if the Braves were to be in a wild card game or a must-win playoff game, let's say in this situation that every starting pitcher were available, who would you pick to be the starter of that game? Who would you trust? Boy, you know, I'm, I'm even at 
interesting that I'm thinking back to the last time the Braves had a wild card game and uh, what happened in that one uh, with Cardinals, and it, and it sort of brings a shudder to my uh, thoughts here. Uh, if that were to happen, a do-or-die game for a one-game playoff, I guess I right now I'd have to give it to Anibal Sanchez, which sounds odd because you've got Fulte throwing well, you got Nuka throwing well. Uh, Gossman uh, was wiped out last time, but Sanchez has the lower ERA, and he's the crafty veteran who could certainly stand up to the pressure of a one-game playoff situation. Now, all that said, I would certainly have some one of these other guys hanging around at the bullpen uh, and, and to, to take over a moment's notice, and the answer on that one would probably be uh, Mike Boldnevich. Uh, if nothing else, you would have the contrast of styles, the slow uh, curveballs and the uh, uh, deliberate location guy against the flame uh, versus the flamethrower. So, if you needed to make a change quickly, that's that's what I do. And uh, if it's an all hands on deck kind of situation, that's that's what I think I might like to see. Um, if we're talking, what I hope would be the case would be a, a three out of five or better playoff situation then I'm certainly comfortable with any of these guys getting the ball. Uh, so it, it, it could depend, obviously, on whether they win the division or win a wild card game and then get into a uh, divisional playoff. But uh, I, I'm, I'm liking Sanchez right now, and, and really I, I could be okay with any of them. And one question also that comes into my mind when we talk about starting pitching would be Julio Tehran with just how inconsistent he's been this season and maybe even over some of the seasons and a lot of his career. Where does he stand in the long-term future to you for the Atlanta Braves? Is he a long-term keeper or not? Well, you'll know that I didn't mention him when I was talking about playoffs. Uh, uh, my, my suspicion is that uh, if it came down to that, he would be another bullpen option because uh, right now you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. And, and that is the problem. I, I do think that the, the Braves should consider, since he does have another year of, uh, uh, of control, to see if uh, they can get something for him. And I, I think that might be possible. It, it may not be a, a big piece, but it might be something that they, they could use down the road, maybe another catcher. Um, uh, but, yeah, I don't think that uh, Taron's got a lot of time left here. Uh, certainly you've got some kids knocking on the door to keep to thought uh, – had a great game yesterday afternoon. Uh, in, in his debut, he, he'd be obviously one candidate. Mike Soroka coming back would be another candidate. So you've got a lot of guys who are looking for places to play. And you've got a guy in Tehran whose contract is getting down towards the end uh, that uh, you, you could probably get something for. So it's probably time for the, the Braves and Tehran department and, and see what they can do uh, uh, bring up some kids or another veteran in the, into the rotation for 2019. And you just wrote a piece on this about Ronald Acuna and the Rookie of the Year topic. Do you think he is the NL Rookie of the Year? Now, as we speak, he just hit his third home run in, in the past three games. Is he the Rookie of the Year to you with 18 total homers, good defending, and also a solid batting average as well? I think it's going to be difficult. I'm going to separate my answer to a couple of uh, parts here. Because there's whether he deserves it and then whether he'll get it. Um, the, the get it, it may be the problem because you've got, you know, I mean, and, and the thing I wrote up on Tomahawk's take about it, you've got places like Fangraphs and the Washington Post, of all places, uh, just writing these gushing things about Juan Soto 
uh, of the Nationals and and the, the things that he's been doing. And certainly, Soto's done Rookie of the Year worthy kinds of things. His trending lately is down because he, he's not uh, maintaining that quite, but uh, he, you know, he could certainly pick it back up again. Uh, what Acuna's been doing is just un, out of this world. It's unbelievable uh, in, in the last week or so. And the, the trick will be whether he can continue it as well, because certainly the Braves are going to need to have Acuna doing Acuna things for the rest of the season. If he can do that, certainly he'll be worthy of the Rookie of the Year award. Whether uh, the the fact that the, the writers and, and, and such will vote him into that or or managers or players or whatever, that's going to be tricky. I don't know if um, the press that Acuna is getting is going to be enough to outweigh the press that Juan Soto has already been getting. Um, but as if the Nationals continue to fade, I think that helps Acuna's candidacy uh, regardless. Uh, so uh, we just need to keep him doing uh, things like he's been doing the last few days, keep him hungry, keep him energized, and I think everything else will take care of itself, yeah. And now with the shortstop position with Dansby Swanson, do you think he'll hit well enough to be the long-term shortstop for the Atlanta Braves? Well, that's a good question, because you have to ask what's good enough uh, is, I mean, he's hitting about mid-230s right now, and then did last year as well. Um I'll tell you another guy who uh, hit the mid-240s a few years ago, and the Braves decided that uh, he wasn't going to hit it good enough for him despite outstanding defense. That was Anderson Simmons. Now that he's almost 29 years old, the last three years he's hit 281, 278, and this year 303 for the Angels. I think uh, Dansby's got that kind of bat in him, at least you know the 270, 280 range. If he hits that, I think that is certainly good enough. He's got the glove for it, uh, and and certainly shown that this year. He's, he's uh, really picked it up defensively. It, yeah, Dansby's still just 24 years old, and it didn't really click for uh, for Simmons until his age 26 season. So he's got a couple more years to, to figure it out. Now, can the Braves afford to wait for him to do that? That's a different question entirely. Um, let me uh, dovetail now back to the trade deadline. Reports indicate that uh, the Braves were kind of hot after Manny Machado, and they might continue to be hot after him this offseason as he becomes a free agent. If that were to become the case, Dansby might end up becoming the odd man out simply because they don't have any place to play him. Um, whether uh, Machado were to play third base or short, either one, because uh, certainly Johan Camargo has done enough to to justify him having an everyday job on a regular basis. Um, so I don't think that you can write off Dansby in terms of his bat, uh, certainly not yet, but the Braves may be forced to do that depending on circumstances in terms of free agency or, or possible trades down the road. Or even if uh, Austin Riley is brought up and they decide that uh, Johan Camargo is good enough to play shortstop for him. So uh, there may be some things that are conspiring together to take uh, the, the decision out uh, uh, for, for Dansby and maybe uh, suggest that they be moved elsewhere. Uh, I'd hate to see that because this is his hometown team, 
but at the same time, you have to make some tough business decisions sometimes, and this, uh, this may be a case where he's a casualty of that. And you mentioned Johan Camargo. At third base for the Atlanta Braves, do you think they go into the offseason? I know you said they're going after or looking to go after Machado. Do you think the Braves would feel comfortable with Camargo at third base, or are they going to be always looking for that upgrade, whether they get Machado or miss out on him? What do you think there at third base? Well, here, here's the thing. you got Austin Riley, you got Manny Machado, perhaps, in a, in a free agency deal. And if they can get him, they ought to get him. I mean, he's a superstar. You, you go after those kind of guys. But you got Riley, you got Machado, you got Camargo, and you got Swanson. There's two positions for these guys to play. Unless you move Riley to the outfield or something like that, but this is a place he's not terribly familiar with. Um, something's got to give there. Uh, if I were picking and I had the choice between those four guys, I would put Machado at third base. I would put Camargo at short. I think they could both uh, do very well there or at least well enough. Um, Machado would not play shortstop for me because I don't believe that his, his glove is up to the task at that position. Put him at third base and he's all world. Put Camargo at third base, he's doing pretty doggone well, and I think he's good enough at shortstop in, in, in addition to that. Put both their bats in the lineup, and this uh, Braves lineup is looking really long and really strong. Then the question becomes, what do you do with Riley and, and Swanson? And then that's where you end up trying to figure out if you want to make a trade for those guys uh, to, to bring back something of significance or, or not. So, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's a tough question, as we take. But uh, right now, my money's on Camargo sticking around because I think he's earned the job. All right, Mr. Carpenter, thank you so much for your time and for joining me on the show. Hopefully uh, we'll uh, get together in the future as well. So chop on.